Hey everybody, welcome to episode 72 of Track Wrestling's Weighing In with Andy Hamilton and David Miracatani. I'm Andy Hamilton coming to you from the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum in downtown Waterloo, Iowa, joined by the kingpin of the track wrestling rankings, David Miracatani, coming to you on the line from St. Louis. Welcome in, David. It's the best time of the year, Andy. How are you doing? Doing great. We've been saying it's the best time of the year for about four weeks now, David, it, uh, and it remains the best time of the year so we have extended christmas exactly exactly we've transitioned from the high school state tournament series into the college postseason surprised me that uh that it wound up the way it did i mean you you look in uh, i mean where yeah you could look at well maybe spencer lee is going to be in the title mix at 125 or nick suriano and that took uh, a potential another school out of the equation but uh outside of that um you know i mean you had the number one seed that won it at 133 41 49 um Nolf, of course uh did not uh uh, participate after the semifinals, they, or they pulled him out after the after the quarters, and uh, and then the, you had the upset of uh, Kemmerer uh, by Micah Jordan. But uh, otherwise, uh, sixty five, the number one seed won. Seventy four, the number one seed won. Eighty four, the number one seed won. Ninety seven, and uh, you know you had Ohio State, Michigan at heavyweight, and Kyle Snyder won there. So that's still one of uh, those three schools. So I, I didn't think it was like out of the realm of possibility that it, it could go this way, but, uh, you know, certainly all three schools wrestled, wrestled really well. Ohio state lights out seven into the finals. Uh, they go seven for eight in the semifinals. Uh, and, and it, it didn't feel like Penn state necessarily lost a tournament. I, I don't know where, where Penn state really, uh, fell off a whole lot or or you look at uh, expectations i mean yeah nick nick lee was was the two seed and finishes third but uh, uh otherwise you know felt felt to me like uh penn state wrestled pretty well and and of course michigan did too so uh credit to to all three of those programs for you know wrestling uh wrestling really well in east lansing and and uh i think you know, we're, we're set up to see uh, a lot of Big Ten battles once again in Cleveland. Yeah, it, it just was an overall thing I like. I really focus so much on the micro of the rankings that when the team scores come out, I'm I'm almost as surprised as everybody else. I just, you know, trying to get 10 weight classes right is not easy. And um, I think when we get into it, we can talk about some of the philosophical problems there. But I just was really... It was just weird to not see like an Iowa guy, you know, like only one Iowa guy in the finals, you know, and, and uh, I do think Sorensen's incredibly underrated for his whole career, but just those kind of things were a little odd to see, but the optics of it were a little unusual, but yeah, it was a really good run by those top three schools for sure. Well, let's take a dive into 125, David. Uh, at the top, you got Darren Cruz, number one, Nathan Tomasello, number two, Nick Suriano, three, Spencer Lee, four, Sean Fawes, five, uh, Ethan Lezak, six, Nick Piccinini, seven, Ronnie Bresser, eight, Sebastian Rivera, nine, and Sean Russell, number 10. Interesting discussion with what to do with Suriano and, you know, certainly uh, the top two as well, Where who to go where in the top three. I think that, I think that's pretty fascinating stuff how did you get to this point what what led you to put uh cruz on top and drops uh suriano to three despite the fact that he's undefeated well cruz 
is, you know, undefeated except for the all-star meet, defending champ. I know that's not supposed to count. I know he hasn't had a real strong schedule this year, but I think we've kind of slept on him all year. Uh, I, I feel like when you default out, there has to be, you know, unless you have a long track record, like if an Imar defaulted out or a Zane defaulted out, you know, if you've never done it before, there has to be some consequences. So I don't know that this is how this will be seated. I mean, I could see Cruz one or Suriano one. And then I think when you look at how, I think the reason why Suriano won't be seated one is because he didn't win his conference. And Cruz did and Tomasello did. And so I think when that happens and they go into your conference placing, and then this is a guess on where I think the coaches are going to seed them or rank them as well. So it was really that. Lezak and Piccinini I could easily see being flip-flop. We, I put Lezak at six and Pitch at seven, but Pitch could easily go to six because he won the conference and Lezak didn't, even though Lezak has the head-to-head. Uh you know, he also has some troubling losses, and Piccinini really doesn't. But there's some really interesting matchups here. Like, I mean, th- this is a weight that's pretty good to, like, 13, 14 deep. Like, you know, Milhoff's a returning All-American from a couple years ago, but he's the, you know, he's I, we have him at 13. I mean, I don't know that that's a great draw with Spencer Lee, but, you know, like, Zeke Moisey at 11 and... If it was uh, Lezak at six, that's an interesting match. Sebastian Rivera at nine, he's really good. And I I don't know that he could beat Bresser and Cruz back-to-back, but I don't think it would be, like, absolutely shocking. Uh, This is like that there's a lot of – I feel like there's a lot of parity. Like, the first four guys I feel like are all one move from each other. And then it feels like the next set of four, maybe seven guys are all one move from each other. So it's going to be really – I think this is a very good example of the draws are going to determine a lot and scouting and those kind of things and style matchups and things like that. I did think – I watched the Tomasello-Lee match, and uh, I did think it was interesting Tomasello picked neutral, and um, it looked like Spencer Lee almost was going to pick top in, in, on his choice. I was, it was, that was an interesting way to go, huh? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see the interaction uh, in between the period, but uh, uh, yeah, I think we kind of figured that uh, Tomasello would pick neutral right after the way the last match played out. Yeah. So not not a huge yeah. surprise there, and uh, Spencer uh, in position to score there uh, in on the leg, and Tomasello fights it off, and then uh, looked to me like uh, Spencer was fiddling with his his knee brace uh, right when. You know, Tomasello fired off that shot, and uh, it was a heck of a shot, too. So get in deep, finish uh, hard, and rode him out the rest of the way to win 2-1. You know, we have talked uh, in past shows about, you know, Spencer in the day two weigh-in. Uh, that was one of the questions in, that he had to answer in my mind, and, man, he looked lights out on Sunday, you know, coming back on day yeah. two and, and uh, putting it on uh, Sebastian Rivera. Uh, and then, uh, you know, scoring, you know, bonus points in both of his matches looking great, uh, coming back. So I think, uh, you know, if you're an Iowa fan, you got to feel pretty good about, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, what came away from the second day of the tournament from a, a Spencer Lee standpoint. So 
Anything else you want to cover at 125, David, before we move on to 133? No, sir. All right, let's turn the page to 133. Seth Gross remains number one after winning a Big 12 title. Stevan Micic, number two after winning the Big 10s. Big 10 runner-up Luke Pletcher at three. Big 12 runner-up Cade Brock at four. Montori Bridges of Wyoming at five. John Ernesty of Missouri at six. Scott Parker of Lehigh at seven. Jack Mueller of Virginia at eight. Austin DeSanto of Drexel at nine. And Virginia Tech's Dennis Gustafson at 10. So take it away, David, on the big news at 133. I think one and two are really obvious, you know, kind of undebatable. You immediately could go, well, Cade Brock could be three. Um, which I think would be better for Cade Brock, although me six wrestling really well. It just the Seth Gross thing is tough for him. Four through like nine feels like it's kind of a or five through nine, excuse me, is like kind of a mess. I mean, Bridges lost the rematch to Brock. Ernesty won the max, and we talked about this. If he had beaten Cade Brock in that dual meet, I think he's probably the three seed at Nationals. And I, I know we talked about it a little bit on air, but I've talked to several people about it. I'm like, man, if he had that, it made a different choice on top or bottom. Make a big difference. Scotty Parker came back and won the IWAs after some weird losses. Jack Mueller was the four seed in the ACCs out of six guys. Beats Tariq Wilson, the one seed, but then loses to Gustafson. And then DeSanto lost a low-scoring match to Chaz Tucker. So that threw some things off. And, I mean, you, you still got – I mean, like, can you imagine if Mitch McKee is the 13 or 14 and Cade Brock is the 3 or 4 where they match up either 3-14 or 4-13, and that's a round two match. That's not even a quarterfinal match. And then you could potentially have a Josh Terrell, Bridges, round two, Dom Flores, Ernesty, Gustafson, Scotty Parker – Jack Mueller, DeSanto, that's a really bad draw for DeSanto if it goes that way because, you know, he's Mueller's done really well against him. The round two matches here, the round of 16 matches, I think are something that guys like you and me that kind of follow this all year round are really interesting. And that doesn't even count guys like Ali Nazer, Tariq Wilson, you know, guys like that that probably aren't even going to get a seat in the top 16. So this, this weight's... Or first or second round matchups, I think, are going to be really intriguing. Mitch McKee down there at 14, man. That's uh, a guy that uh, was 20 seconds away from making the Big Ten finals. And then uh, right. winds up uh, finishing finishing fourth there. Um, so, so it drops to 14 and um, – excuse me. Uh, let's see, Mitch McKee, 14th. Behind Dylan Duncan, in between Jason Renneria there at 15, Scott Del Vecchio at 16. So there's some guys there that uh, you know you would you wouldn't be surprised if uh, one of those Big Ten guys in the 13 through 16 range uh, winds up in the quarterfinals. On the podium. On, yeah, yeah, on the quarter yeah, in the quarterfinals yeah. or on the podium for sure. Yeah, it's, that's an it's this. You've been following wrestling a lot of years. Does this, you know, and we're all sort of prisoners of the moment, but does this feel a little bit like there's just a lot more intrigue, there's a lot less certainty this season, or 
am I am I becoming a prisoner of the moment? And I don't know. I think there's I think there's a little something a little something to that, and I think uh, just the investment that that so many schools across the country have made to to wrestling, and then you know we we've seen it for about the, the last ten years or so. Uh, how long has it been since we've gone to the new qualifying system? Was that like two thousand nine? That uh, might have been the first year. I want to say something like that. I, yeah. I want I want to say that it was the year that like Mac Lunas got knocked off first round, and uh, you know I think didn't Bubba Jenkins go go down early in that uh, on that first day in '09 as well. Um, just uh, yeah, it just seems like uh, ever since then, you know, we're the NCAA is doing a really good job of getting the best 33 in the tournament. And when you get the best 33 in the tournament, then you get more odds for early round upsets, I think. I, I think it's, you know, what what we've seen, you know, maybe in the past would would be, you know, somebody get tripped up at a conference tournament in the, under the old format. And, and like like Craig Henning, you know, in 2008, a returning NCAA finalist who goes 0-2 at a stacked weight in the Big Ten and and uh, winds up uh, not making – not making the NCAA championships, and then you see the the system change the next year, and uh, so maybe a guy like that that would have gotten left at home before, and, and somebody who who just got hot for a, for that conference weekend uh, sneaks in in his place. Uh, now, you know what we're seeing is, like I said, the best thirty three at, at each weight class are getting in, and therefore it's making uh, Thursday uh, a lot more competitive, I think, and. And certainly, then you know you're seeing uh, you're seeing a lot of uh, double digit seeds that uh, are making more runs. I I think at least it, it seems that way to me. This feels a lot almost like the basketball tournament, you know, where there's these you know these guys can get hot, and obviously it's the first weekend there, but it feels like the right matchups and somebody can get hot and kind of make a run to the quarterfinals, you know, before you know what happened, and then they're at least in the round of twelve. So yeah, I. I everything you pointed out are really good factors into why it is this way, but it does feel even more so. So yeah, I, I completely get it. So, well, let's turn the page to 141. Bryce Meredith of Wyoming remains number one. Jaden Ironman of Missouri, number two. Yanni Diakamahalas from Cornell, number three. Joey McKenna up to four after winning the Big Ten title for Ohio State. Kevin Jack at number five despite losing in the – ACC finals, number six, Dean Heil of Oklahoma State, Mike Carr of Illinois up to seven, Brock Zacherl of Clarion, number eight, Nick Lee of Penn State, number nine, Josh Albert of Northern Iowa, number 10. One thing, David, strikes me about this, and I don't know how many times that, that I've ever seen this, but uh, Kevin Jack beat Brent Moore 15-0 on February 16th, and then you turn around this past weekend and Moore turns it around and wins an OT. I, I can't think of a time where a guy got teched and then turns around yeah. three, weeks, three, four weeks later and winds up winning a rematch. It reminds me a little bit of the conversation I had with Kendall Cross. He lost very badly to Brands in the duel and then beat him in the national finals, but I don't think he got teched. And it was a lot longer than three weeks. But, yeah, you pointed that out to me, I think it was Sunday night. And, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, the only one, other one I can was, think of off the top of my head is Metcalf 